Hello and welcome to YouTube's favorite comic book channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to remind everybody about two things. One, we will be on the road to Heroes Con in North Carolina this coming weekend. Be sure to wear your Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and come out and say hello to us there. It's one of the great comic book shows. Looking forward to uh, going there and hopefully looking forward to connecting with a bunch of Kayfabers. The other announcement is... End of July is Cartoonist Kayfabe Comic Book Christmas in July, where we take our doubles, we take our comps, we take some of our free comic book day books, and we stock up the local lending libraries. Uh, most of these neighborhoods have them. I remember last year was our first year. We saw pictures from thousands of people that joined in. So we invite the uh, creators out there to get their comps together, the readers out there that have their extra issues, and go stock some of those local lending libraries for the last Saturday in July. Let's try to grow some new readers and put some comic books out there where readers will find them. All right, Ed. We are looking at another Frank Miller Sin City, this time The Big Fat Kill. Um, this is still Miller kind of in the midst of this crime noir, black and white artwork look. And uh, this is a book that I haven't looked at in many, many years and had a good time reading it this week whenever I uh, pulled it out of the back issue bins. You guys at home see the hardcover collection. That's a really nice hardcover, by the way. I like that cover design. And uh, I have the original issues. So we'll be kind of going through both of these. If you see extra artwork, Ed, in the collection, you can bring it to our attention. Yeah, he would typically uh, pad the story a little bit with um some splash pages and stuff like uh very conceptual like uh, like abstracty kind of close-ups and silhouette type uh, splashes to just create little beats in between certain moments uh, i don't know when he started doing that he definitely did it with the trade of uh that yellow bastard but this is um the first time like this is how i got big fat kill and and, and before that I, I wasn't collecting the miniseries or anything i was got all trades and stuff this was uh part of like the greatest christmas i ever had where we're like this was in there four volumes of uh apple seed like 10 volumes of cerebus and a couple little odds and ends man it was 300 dollars because like if you remember uh phantom of the addicted dollaros on 10 10 bucks. yes i do yeah that was and great so, so i had 30 dollaros <laughs> that i could then take to the shop and get 30 dollars worth of stuff they had to bring that gimmick back um what a christmas like talk about like a weird arrangement of books that's a lot of different territory manga Cerebus and Sin City. I was all in, you know, like, and, and I never asked my parents for anything like that whole year. It was, you know, like I said, 300 bucks worth of comics. Uh, oh, and the other one I got was at that for that same uh, Christmas was I, I wanted Dick Tracy comics and the guys at Ides waxed my parents and uh, were like, we don't have Dick Tracy comics, but we have this like $80 slipcase thing of like the comic century by that Kitchen Sink put out that has a smattering of like comics history, right. which turned out to be even greater because it put a bunch of new names into my mind but like i was i was all in like just with that example comic strips manga cerebus sin city like that was like little eddie p starting to like really diversify i was the gonna tastes. say like that's the deal right there is exposing you to a whole bunch of different comics at a time when i don't know how old you were then 14 13 like that yeah, like i was so it. narrow in terms of what i was seeing like to be able to get that kind of range would have been huge like those comics compilations you know the comic strip compilations it was after college that I started buying those things and like really going through them. I could have used that whenever I was 13 or 14. Would have been good. So the story with Big Fat Kill is we're returning back to Dwight, who was in A Dame to Kill For. You can see our video on that. Um, he's rocking this new look and he's ba basically back to his old uh, lifestyle that <laughs> takes advantage of maybe the um, gutter side of Sin City. 
he had fought off that nature for a while, but once he gets back in in the Dame to Kill for, that's where he's at. So that's where we're going to begin this. And uh, if you got nothing else, let's start flipping. I, I think that this is the, in terms of story beats and stuff, I think this is the best Sin City in terms of just rigid plot structure. And uh, the reason for that is because what is a typical noir um, kind of crime story? There's, it's, it usually focuses on three things, man. Uh, jealousy, revenge, or like money motivation, greed. Um, but this one is that kind of like, it's a tough story to design because there's actual stakes to the story here. And it's, it's the great MacGuffin of there is a thing that two, two like warring factions want, two opposed factions want this thing. And it's so clearly established what happens if either gets the thing, you know, if the, if the good guys, the you know, cops get the thing, then, then we know what bad things will happen to, on, to the other side. If our guys get the thing, then we know what happens on the other side. So it's it's very complex in its construction, like thinking it up. It's a hard kind of story to come up with because like it's easy to do revenge. Like we all understand that very simply. But as a writer, this is the kind of story that I think writers kind of strive for. Miller does some good stuff too of taking advantage of the comics where like you get to the end of the issue and there's a cliffhanger or a twist. Yeah. That, that kind of works well in the serialized format. It's also, it should be said, First appearance of uh, three hundred is in yes. this story, I mean, they, which, they, which is it's, wild. It's the climax of the of the damn comic. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by uh, the books that we make, but there's also a Patreon. King Kayfabers on that Patreon get all of the videos uh, before anybody else. Completely mitigates that Kayfabe effect, and they have access to our uh, weekly stream uh, where we create each of the episodes completely removing the kayfabe effect from uh, existence for them. Uh, the videos are brought to you by the books that we make. You're looking at a good sample of our bibliography, but we have some additions to this. Man, we never stop working. Jimmy's going to have Street Angel Princess of Poverty coming to you this summer. It is a companion piece to Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive. Uh, it's different material. It's from uh, Jim's pre-image days, and you have both volumes. You're going to have all of uh, the Street Angel content that Jimmy has created to date. I'm going to have forthcoming the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming to you. I just got the cover proofs. Look at that. Look at that gleam. Look at that gleam. 504 pages. Look at the size of that spine. That's a lot of comics in that book. Uh, comprises all four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree, 140 pages of new material that uh, is not uh, has not been seen in any of the other volumes at this point. And I drew a bunch of new stuff for this comic. Also, there is a uh, X-Men Grand Design trade paperback coming out that's going to have all three volumes of X-Men uh, Grand Design comprised into one volume. Uh, it's a trade paperback coming to you in time for the holidays, just like the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus. And Red Room uh, is my new series. Red Room Crypto Killers Issue 1 is out in the wild, coming out on a monthly basis. Here's the cover for Issue 2, Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game in Red Room Comics. There are two trade paperbacks without that out in the wild as we speak. Now that we're done paying the bills, back to the video. Right away, man, you open up these pages, and one of the things that spoke to me at this time period when I was reading these comics is Miller's design sense. Like, he's really doing something here that's pretty awesome. You open it up, and that's your first spread. I would love... Yeah, They nice. carry it over. I would love to pull out your... 
a new Marvel comic or a DC comic and open it up and see what you see in that spread because it is not this. Yeah. And it's also even like uh, an eight panel grid if you look closely at this window design down here in the corner. <laughs> so having some fun and he's lettering it himself and I'm on board. Uh, this this was, you know, in the in the movie. Uh, rest in peace, Brittany Murphy, who would be playing this girl right here. Like, like I think they did such a good job with it that like I can't not think of like the the actor analogs when reading this this comic. This is the kind of thing that uh, Will Eisner would bristle at in their conversations. Uh, you know, the Eisner Miller book of having like you see how she has like three separate beats, like like. Eisner would say that that needs to be three panels. Like, this is a panel. You could have one person talking to her. But then this has to be a panel. And this has to be a panel. That's interesting. I like the way he's handling text in the beginning of the story. I read... Um, so one thing that's happened since I first read Sin City is I've read Mickey Spillane. Yes. And, uh, you know, you can see Mickey Spillane all over Frank Miller's sleeves whenever you're reading Sin City. And especially in the uh, inner monologue narr narration. So... I was rereading this, and I think of that monologue a lot when I think of Sin City. So coming here, it was like suddenly we're reading a play, and I like that. You know, I like this kind of uh, let's get it. I fucked. I fucked up. I'm so sorry. Let's make sure that that's still recording. Yeah, we're still on. Okay. So sorry, Jimmy. So I like this treatment of. How are you going to get text on the page? It's not that Mickey Splain inner monologue. We'll get some of that eventually. But I really like this delivery. It made me think of uh, David Mamet or something. Because this feels like a play. These There's still monologues going on. But they are broken up into almost like these big panels and stuff. And right. I'm down with that. It's a little bit different than what I remembered. You know, a little different than his formula for Sin City. And I like that. And it's good. It's bombastic imagery, you know? Like, like I, I like seeing these big images. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I think it's pretty clever as a combination of words and images. And what's happening here is our heroine is having a bit of an argument with some drunk, maybe ex-lover, out, uh, out through the door. We don't know much about him yet. But uh, he definitely seems like there's a tinge of violence on here, and she's having none of it. And it turns out her and Dwight have something going on. So if that door does open up, now we've got a couple of alpha males uh, ready to unload violence on each other. He's 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 definitely a tough guy. You know, you could sense that she's nervous and stuff. But uh, you know, they certainly had a relationship, and he would be the kind of guy that if he would see that you're with you know somebody else that kind of jealousy like you are getting thumped on for sure and she's a little bit uh kind of provoked poking the bear a little bit with some of her comments too yeah you know these are these they're tough cookie it sets up for once he finally comes in here things could get out of it feels like things could get out of hand real fast yeah it's that real incel stuff too where it's like he's got a bunch of his dudes you're we're, what what miller's establishing is this dude is the it's typical loser like like uh he's a drunk he's disorderly he just hangs out with a bunch of losers right so like all points are against this dude yeah so he's telling her the plan is him and his buddies they're gonna pick her up she needs to get a couple of her waitress friends involved and they're gonna go have a night on the town right <laughs> have a good time and we see dwight like slipping into the bathroom here no finally, confrontation yet finally putting on some damn pants man frank miller draws some weird looking dicks <laughs> He's a weird dick artist, man. I, like, I, I don't, I don't know if like you know he needs to use the mirror for that or something, but like, it's very suspect. 
Ooh, and we do see domestic violence happening here in this panel as she's sort of basically egging him on, you know, telling him, go ahead and uh, get it over with, you sick bastard. Yeah. So a little bit of a little bit of violence there. None of his friends object to it. This is this is classic black and white hero villain stuff. This guy is one hundred percent a piece of shit. Absolutely, uh, a villain. We hate him. What I love about this this comic too is uh, Frank Miller is cartooning throughout this, and you know you got your drunk bubbles up there. We all know what that is, and there will be extra more examples over over the rest of these issues where I mean, circle template eyes and stuff like that. Also doing the uh, the bold lettering, and that cartooning doesn't just extend to the visuals. Like I said, these characters are basically cartoons. Sure, sure. It all it all fits within that that sort of noir sensibility. And in terms of panel structure, uh, this is this is manga paced, but the only thing that slows you down is the dialogue. Right. Uh, but it is it is fun dialogue to read. Like when you see these mountains of uh, text, you're never like, ah, oh, geez, here's another one. Uh, they all bounce and they all have some some life to them. Yeah, they do. Also, the mark making is very different to me than that early. Let's think the first Sin City comics collection. Um, you know, like you look here and it's just giant thick strokes of ink for some of these marks. This is where one of the places where I see like Miller evolving. Yeah, and visually, and, yeah, it's like two tools, man. It's like he's got his big big brush and then he's got like rapidograph. Yeah, I think he has three rapidographs. So you can see them outlining, outlining the, the word balloon is a really thin one. Then the lettering's a little bit heavier. And then there's a bold uh, rapidograph. Yeah, the, the uh, word balloon rapidograph is the same as the character rapidograph. The stuff that the lines that he puts onto his drawings. I was looking at this and at times thinking about Alex Toth, you know, great black and white composition artist. And some of this stuff doesn't work on that scale, like where I go, ah, that's not a great composition per se, it might be awkward or whatever. Some of it really does. And that's that's something that appealed to me back then and still does now. Yeah, yeah, you gotta take a flyer and be experimental at times. Like, like uh, <laughs> there's, this is one where you actually perhaps need the dialogue a little bit to, to understand exactly what's, what's happening. Um, where he's like, you know, you forgot the flush, so it's clearly the toilet played by Benicio del Toro for those playing at home, man. They did that whole sequence. How about that for an interesting, like, how are we going to see the water in the toilet? You know, these, these white movement. lines, pretty, pretty good for that. And what happens is Jackie goes in to go to the bathroom, runs into Dwight in the bathroom. So we get a little bit of a showdown here. Uh, some hardcore stuff with Dwight in a straight razor, man, holding up to his eyes, holding up to his throat. This could have been the end of Jackie right here if uh, Dwight had decided on it. <laughs> but man, dunks his head in a used toilet before okay, it's flushed. So check this shit out, dude. Now these are this is the stuff that that Miller adds to the trade, and he's holding them in there for a little while. Yeah, a long time. It's up to you how Wait long. I don't even know what's going on on this picture. That's uh, Dwight, and that's the arm holding it down, and just like the shadow of his hair. Wow. You know that his face would be gotcha. here looking down. That's interesting. I do like some of the abstracted, uh, you know, adventures of, in, in abstraction of some of these images because that's pretty wild stuff right there. So it's cool, man. It, it adds like like it, it really adds a beat. You so, so this is the only way that I, I've read it, and uh, so to me it's like, oh, he's really this is severe, but like it's very like look at the pace of this head, and then he's out like nothing. Like of course, like to me it's a no brainer to have these beats. Yeah, I think it were, you know, I don't think anything's compromised either way. 
Like, I, I read this and I think, wow, he came and went quick, like a ninja, sure, you know? Sure, But it's sort of the same effect, even with those four extra pages. I don't know that you, you know, he still disappears, like, in a turn of a page. It's waterboarding. Like, like with, with, with my version, it's, it's like, I'm taking all the, like, your last bit, you're almost going to be, you know, fucking touched in the brain. And then I'm going to let you go. Great characterization for Jackie from the beginning till now. Because when he looks up after he pulls his head out of the toilet, this is a different dude. Yeah. He's been abused. He's been had. He's not the alpha male in front of everybody. And now he needs redemption hardcore because otherwise he's completely lost face in front of his girl and his, his pack of dudes. And he is that dude that, like, cares about that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, so he turns his attention, you know, no longer uh, worrying about his girl. Like, he's out looking for somebody. <laughs> right. And this is, like, classic Batman stuff. It is, You know, man. Dwight... Just disappearing. How many times have we seen that with uh, Jim Gordon turns around? Where's Batman? He's got that middle school skater haircut that, that everybody had in 1995. Yeah, it's funny. A couple more bits with uh, the trade. You got this image and then that image. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cool to see the, the various pages that pop up. Um, the inking on the side of the, uh, the the tree trunk there I think is really cool and this is stuff that I feel like shows up because Miller's playing with this media yeah. and, and seeing something there you know something to do with it yeah this is also an in, in, input you know what's interesting is we switch our left and rights now so that page is a right hand page in the comic look at my rusted up uh yeah, dude, it's cool it's cool so like this is even in the movie so like it's that's that's where Rodriguez is uh getting his his material where she's like damn it you fool do i you fool and and what happens is as he okay okay you know what so go back real quick one page so this is very cool so we establish there's a helicopter so as he jumps down talks about like yeah shelly shouts something i can't quite make out over the racket of a passing police copter it sounds like stop but i can't be sure that's a great Great page and great setup because we see the helicopter Exactly. There. Storytelling 101. Exactly. Jim Shooter would be proud. <laughs> but it's interesting to me that he switches his left-right pages now for a little bit. I bet, I bet we'll catch up. Yeah, I'm sure that we will, but it's still kind of uh, unusual. And now we've got all kinds of trouble. So Dwight is actually chasing Jackie, and a cop pulls up behind Dwight. And just trouble on trouble right but jackie is being such an asshole that like dwight is the least of the problems so the cop car is going to go chase jackie and those guys and they're heading to old town and that's that's dwight's chicks his homies you know like so the, these dudes are already a menace this is a pretty wild panel composition we've got an aerial shot looking down at i guess it's old town or else wherever they're leaving whatever that neighborhood is you, uh, you yeah, you see this on like tell which way they're it, coming and going, but it's a weird angle. It's Mulholland, you know, like mm -hmm. it's like it's like a mountain road, and you're looking down at like the 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 city. Um, I, I always love this one right there. Yeah, <laughs> what gets lit up? And here we go with our inner monologue, by the way. So the Mickey Spillane fans out there, don't worry, we'll get some of that in here. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, he's using that monologue to establish what what old town is so what the stakes are because the cop the cop goes so far and this is like a screech to turn around he chases jackie to the borderline of old town and just goes the opposite direction because the girls at old town are going to handle that stuff this is really this is your manga storytelling yeah you know we go from 
250 words to no words, but you see it all. It's the girls, they pull, they're all packing heat because they run Old Town to the cop and the reaction. The problem with the storytelling here is the cop turns around, we see the screech emphasizes that in the room, still going the same direction. You know, oh, cop, sure. car, You're cop, right. car. I wish right. that they went the opposite directions. Right, yeah, sure. You know, it's even like, like flip this panel. You yeah. know, flip these two panels around so Dwight is continuing this direction. Not the world's worst issue, but, you know, it looks like the cop is now going to the girls. Right. Whereas if, if this flipped, you'd have the cop leaving and you'd have Dwight going. Yeah, we'll and that see. would make more sense with the way this story, what, what happens next. A couple more pieces, man. Just a couple beats with some some hookers. <laughs> some cool hooker drawings. Surprised there aren't like 20 pages of those. They seem <laughs> like they would be the fun, easy thing to do. And also pieces of art you could sell very quickly. Oh, and those pieces actually come before the screech. Mm. So it's just more of this showing exactly don't mess with the girls of old town all right well jackie doesn't get that message or at least he doesn't listen to it and he continues further into old town and into the uh kind of the heart and soul of sin city we have miho sitting up here this is another one of those experimental kind of weird panel compositions where like perspective wise it's kind of bizarre to see the the cars almost on level with with her we're going to establish uh that that little hooker who's played by the girl from gilmore girls uh just a single image get she's walking down the alley and there's that car behind her creeping up great brick great brick walls and uh big vacuum this is way. again mentioning that 300 is sort of a making a cameo making its first appearance here this feels like we're coming back to that and i wonder if miller knew it at the time right right you it, know i don't know how he wrote this if it was all mapped out ahead of time or if this is something that once you go back and put it together you go you know what this is perfect yeah this is a great page a great addition i think yeah This is fun watching Dwight and Miho, who is, you know, your ultimate assassin in the old town, kind of playing the same roles, right? They're here in case stuff gets out of hand. These are going to be your ultimate, like, enforcers. Such a tragic figure. So, so mysterious and cool. She's the Boba Fett of Sin City. And you see even Dwight is uh, not above the old town law. Right, yeah, Gail, badass man. Yeah, Gail, one of the uh, hit characters probably to come out of this. And that's it. That's where we're left with. So we've got Jackie, who we know is a problem, has shown up in a place that he shouldn't be. And uh, look at that break. Oh, no. Okay. no it's, it, uh, it, it, we caught up. By adding that one beat of that one hooker, we got back yeah. to uh, pagination. Um, it's kind of neat that there is letters pages in here. Yeah. And a lot of it is Miller is such on this like anti-labeling, uh, anti-censorship kind of kick. So that's what you see most of these letters are about with some praise of sin city and then uh the sin city galleries are in here and jim silk i would say this about him i don't know how much everybody knows him go read his wikipedia the dude's had about five careers worth of uh work as a visual artist in film and comics uh, all kinds of stuff very very fascinating what he has done um and paul chadwick from concrete doing a uh, contributing a pinup it's a little bit of shine on Chadwick as we get into legend and, and add him to the legend group. Yeah. Show him off. I always love that shine on the on the tabletops, man. I swear, like, one of these, man, makes, I'm like, is that Chris Claremont at the, at the titty bar? <laughs> Probably. Dress her up in storm gear and, and, and you'd be there. <laughs> All right. So Great here we go with, with Gail on our cover. Great Lynn Varley colors, man. Like, she colors everything up to uh, Helen back, you know? And, and, and it's real cool that they kind of give you the full piece on the back yeah i love how much they do with the lettering and stuff on a cover like this 
pretty dramatic. So there's the same as your first page in, in uh, Chapter 2, and uh, we're off and running, continuing the, uh, the mayhem here. So the stakes are what's going to happen to Jackie and in the middle of Old Town. Yeah, and, and up to this point, it's just, it's the stakes are low. It's just like, it's almost when. It's, it's almost like, by showing us Miho, it's the classic Hitchcock. We're going to show the audience the bomb, the time bomb, and it's counting down, and the players don't know it yet. Right. I think the way they shoot these panels, the way Miller sets up these panels is really effective. We looked at a recent wizard where Greg Capullo's How to Draw Comics, he's looking at like panel to panel and what the relationships are. And I feel like there's some really interesting relationships where Miller's making big jumps from one panel to the next. But still, you're not missing anything. It's not hard to follow what is happening. Yeah, even just doing this, like having a brick wall there, there's no business to have a car come down here other than to fuck with this girl. Like this could have no other agenda by establishing that. Like she's just trying to, she's now caught in a corner. Right. And Miller laying it on thick. Those poor slobs, they don't have a chance. Yeah, it is like a, a time bomb. This is this is the Alfred Hitchcock thing where, exactly. like, we know Miho. That's yeah. the bomb under the seat that the poor guy sitting in the seat doesn't know about. Exactly. Closing down the gates behind them. Like, this is... Uh, Dwight is pleading now with Gail, like, let these guys go. You don't <laughs> want to kill a carload full of people. And they make the mistake of pulling a gun. And then you get a good page turn. Ooh, you know what? I was thinking it was right to this, but uh, cut, cutting off your hand there with a swastika throwing star. But doing it with grace, like like uh, like a uh, you know Captain America, like knocking it off a wall and then hitting some angularity. Yeah, this is this is on it. Tim Duncan calling it off the backboard. <laughs> <laughs> fun fun shot of his eyes and face reaction back to that cartooning point that you're talking to. Like this stuff is so much more cartoony at the time than anything I was really looking at. What a what an arrow in your sling to be able to pull that out when everybody else is kind of doing a very serious, no sense of humor style, bringing a sense of humor to uh, noir comics. Good, good, smart move. This is keyframe animation, up, down, black, white. <laughs> There's a visual for you, huh? Right. <laughs> do we get do we is, get uh, warnings if this is our thumbnail? Is that the, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Circle eyes, you know, just like. Chuck Chuck Jones, Tex Avery fucking cartooning. This is one of my favorite parts rereading this was the eyeballs, the cartoon eyeballs in there. And it's so stark. You know, like Miller, again, I think knows exactly what he's doing where it's like, okay, I want you to see these cartoon eyes. Let me just make everything white. You'll go right to the middle of that panel. Just giving you that glimpses of that's all you need. That's all you need of this stuff. And and uh, take a look at some old videos we did. We did um, The Art of Sin City that shows off about five to ten uh, process pages of of Sin City comics. He draws them very traditionally. Like his pencils look like Daredevil pages or something. And then it's this like exercise of reduction with the black and the white that turns it into a Sin City page. I don't know if you guys at home can see this or not, but for some reason, like he he does this little tiny edge. I hesitate to call it feathering. It's probably you took a pen and like drew the little edges on the tire such a weird choice it makes i don't sense. think it's anywhere else though in this in this uh story you, you know what it does is, i feel like he might have been on the phone and just was like screwing around i, th I think i think it, it absolutely has a function because drawing tires is a bitch and like it's a balloon full of air with tension from the weight of the car and flat against the ground so by doing that it creates that little bit of 3d 
and a slasher horror movie going on with our uh, what happens to everybody else in the car. It's real fun in the movie because it's everything that gets cut in this comic like gets so it's got the sword in the eye and like all the bits and the actors look great. Like this guy is in it, you know <laughs> that he is in the movie, man. And then just like look at the he's just yeah chilling man <laughs> <laughs> just his regular face it's like concerned but then just like it's uh whatever the seven degrees of uh grieving or whatever it's like surprise yeah. doesn't realize he's uh not part of his body anymore and then here's acceptance <laughs> it feels so cat and mouse too it's probably exactly. in here but it's totally her just playing with this guy and they kind of reference that talking about how this is sad and disgusting what's going on here like, right just just finish this he slips on his bloody hand <laughs> and, and falls with his ass onto the swastika thing so like you know further establishing that now like I... again with the funny you know the him being funny here's the difference this this panel arrangement for whatever reason is shifted to the right in the original comic in the trade paperback or the hardcover it's in line yeah i don't know what that would be about what what Miller's trying there or don't know. Kind of strange. Yeah, definitely necessary for um the trade though, since like, you know, you have to really bend the book to uh to see this stuff. It might have been obscured. The hand that is all over the uh The Rod Liefeld joints. Yeah. <laughs> the Rod Liefeld. <laughs> Although the Rod Liefeld thing to be fair comes before this, so it's just funny. He's got a silencer on Oh no, like she throws like that little tool whatever right. that is and doesn't that look so accurate like it's, it does it, it feels like he really knows like all the bits that go into a gun i used to have a little semi-automatic and i would probably clean it more than i shot it and this looks really good i was thinking that whenever i saw it like the spring and everything feels accurate this is so awkward to me i remember reading this and thinking it was strange but whenever that gun backfires he pulls the trigger and the and the barrel's blocked so it kind of explodes and sending this back into his head and it was just kind of a weird awkward choice to me Right, and like what it does, you know, there was all that like, was it in Hudson Hawk or like the last Boy Scout or something where like they introduced the concept of like sending your nose bone through your brain. And like this is like giving him like a frontal lobe lobotomy, but it's blinding him. And at the time on the news, like, I don't know if you remember this shit, but like they must have learned a lot about the brain and in, in, in the in the culture because like there would be like 2020 they would take off the skull cap of a guy and they put these little numbers onto his brain and uh, a lot of shows had this like like uh they just i guess they understood more so they would be pushing on certain parts hey what is three plus three six and then they would push on something what is three plus three <laughs> like doing shit like that you know and uh maybe he was watching some of that on yeah, tv could be. Yeah, that's brain science is pretty new in that way. I think the '90s when you really start to see some of it. Uh, she doesn't quite chop his head off. She makes a Pez dispenser out of him. Great, that's description. good stuff. <laughs> and in the movie, it's Benicio del Toro takes it extra places because as they're in the car driving. Yeah, that's good. Did you ever see it? <laughs> no, I didn't. Like, but I can picture like, it. <laughs> like his head will be down, and he'll be like, "Hey, blah blah blah, you're an idiot." And then and then he, like they'll hit a bump, and it'll go up, and he'll be like, ah, blah, blah, start talking like that. 
I like that. Uh, it's a funny line, you know, like Mickey Spillane, I don't think, is talking Pez dispensers. I enjoy whenever Miller goes there. Because we know what it is, you know. It's like, so perfect. You know what it is. It's the text equivalent of, like, the cartoon character elements. Sure. You know, the eyeballs peeking out as perfect big round circles in the car. The, the, you know, the Mickey Spillane stuff ain't far from it, to be honest. Like, like if, if Pez existed, then yeah. he would have used that. So he's going through here. Uh, not too proud to say whenever he gets 300 bucks cash, he puts it in his pocket. Kind of like that, you know, gives you an idea of who Dwight is as a character. And then fishes around in his pants when he finds an atom bomb and we get the electric. It's so funny. I was young enough when I read this that I'm like, oh, fuck, he's got an atom bomb in his pocket. Like I didn't, you know, the, the Pez dispenser thing felt right, but I'm like, oh, he's got an atom bomb. I was so literal about it. Boy, and this is whenever you reach into your bag of tricks with the Sin City rain. Yeah. Because stuff is changing. Yes. And, of course, that atom bomb is actually a police badge. And they and they tease it for a little while, you know? Like, he's he's looking, 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 looking. Uh, and then it's it's the reveal. Great, great uh, badge drawing, by the way. Yeah. Even the build-up to it's really good. Like, this would... Wouldn't have surprised me if he had slipped in a page or two to make this a uh, a lefty page, a page turn page. It, and it should be a panel one, like like this panel should be here. If if we're if we're waxing, you know, minutia. Yeah, and you know the girls recognize it too. Like this is uh, this is a problem. They call it the truce, and yes. basically the cops stay out of Old Town, and in return the girls police themselves. They run this place. And it also means the mob stays out. Right. Once this happens, Pimp, Pimp, now and shit. everything, everything is at risk here. Yeah. If the cops find out that a cop was killed, we know what those cops are going to come doing. And uh, if you just like go to, I mean, if there's, I guess you want to show the pinups or whatever. Jamie, Jamie Rich, who would do uh, a, a lot of editing through comics, one of the uh, starting letters joe kubert with a pinup yeah when i went to the kubert school i in the back office uh there were several double page spreads from that yellow bastard that uh frank miller gave joe kubert good ones too it was uh it was um hardigan in the um cell nice. like like some of those like two pagers mike mignola contributing one pretty fun there interesting to bring in like a like a known almost a miller piece that he homages there as a poster in the background yeah it's almost it's very close to uh the scarface poster by the way with the, uh, the left black black and white yeah yeah it's pretty good and uh a note here doug wowdy has passed on mm. so a little uh little memorial for him i don't know if we've looked at any doug wowdy on here but we should at some point sure all right yeah, so, like, the, this girl immediately is like, fuck, if it goes back to the old ways, I'm done. First of all, she looks super young, and yes. she's played super young in the flick. Like I said, the Gilmore Girls girl, whatever her name is, man. Really kind of looks like, like, they nail that likeness in the movie. They from, do. From previews and stuff. Yeah, they, they absolutely do. She's, I think they do that with everybody really well. Great mark making in some of these blacks. Like, if you look at her hair, it is such just a bunch of brush marks that somehow add up to this hair. Totally. It's a good recap. If this is your first issue of this series, you pick it up, issue three, you're right in it. You could start. You Lay could out start the with stakes this. here. Yeah. It's in medias race, as they call it. Like whenever he gets away from the grid too, with this kind of arrangement. Yeah, and you just you. Just, it's all vibes, you know. It's like, it's like resolve like it's like oh well we know what we have to do, but she's the greenie, you know, and 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 it's one of these is not like the other, you know. That's that's pointing to some stuff. Yeah, they're weighing their options here as to what to do. Yeah, and none of it's pretty, dude. You, we're going to the butcher shop. 
Yeah, she Gail is ready to shoot Dwight because like just bring this is a borderline meltdown. Like they're about to go to war in her estimation. Yeah. And then in true Sin City fashion, man, he slaps her in the jib and she gets all wet about it. You know, all the chicks are ready to fuck up Dwight, but then Gail gives the cosign. <laughs> you know, she's turned on now. How indecipherable is that right there, right? And, and that's, <laughs> I do wonder if all this stuff adds up. And that's wow. the uh, end papers of all things. Like, that thing is uh, just incomprehensible. <laughs> it really is. I wonder if this is in that Art of Sin City where you see, like, all the <laughs> I, structural I drawing. Like, yeah, I would like to see that. Because I think all of that stuff exists. I think he has his pencils and stuff. So he's going now, to Dwight says, you know, get him a car with a big trunk. And uh, he's basically going to take this to uh, the tar pits. We're going to La Brea. And in order to make people fit, <laughs> we're going to have to cut them up. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. We're, we're uh, swordsmen now. We're going to a butcher shop. That's a funny visual for a comic because this is the kind of thing in my mind, like, that's a good movie moment. I haven't seen the movie. I don't know if it is or not. But it's such a visual, like, I can picture that in a Coen Brothers movie or something. But instead, like, Miller has it here in the comic. It's a really good idea in a comic. Yeah. Kind of a, not an obvious one, I don't think. Especially because he shows it off panel, more or less. And this is our young girl who started all of this, calling her mom. Which, uh, Gail says is a no-no, but gotta check in on her mom. She's pretty freaked out. Yeah. And off che we che go. Chekhov's phone call. Yeah, there you go. And now we're back to our inner monologue as Dwight is making this this drive. They got a in big... a little T-bird. <laughs> yeah, they, they, got, they got a car, but like it can't fall, fit all the bods in there. Yeah, it's borderline running out of gas, and uh, it's not a big car. And what that means is one of the bodies is riding up front. Interesting they choose the one with the fucking gun sticking out of the head. Yeah, the head, the, 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 the head wound is the one they put up front. Not the best move, but what are you going to do? And Dwight now is back to smoking, pulling cigarettes out of Jackie's coat pocket and lighting back up. You never quit, Ed. You never really quit. <laughs> You're always an addict. I just heard someone on a podcast saying that, like... Years later, you'll wake up in the middle of the night craving that cigarette. Yeah. Glad that's not one of my vices. Yeah, just comics. Right. <laughs> got to reinforce our floors. <laughs> yes. Years from now, I'll wake up in the middle of the night. i got to read that Sin City again. <laughs> again with a police helicopter. This one flying really low. Great callback to issue one where we saw the police copter in a distance and it was loud. And here it is super close. Is it close enough to see that I got a dead body up front? Uh, it's so funny how, how like... And just as a kid reading this, like, just how literal I was. Like, I wasn't quite... I mean, I got it. But for maybe a minute, I'm like, what? He's alive? Like, what, what's happening right. here? Yeah, uh, Jackie talking talking smack in Dwight's ear. Yeah, and this is the stuff where, where um, Benicio Del Toro is earning his pay and his head's cocking back and blood is squirting out and he, he's changing his voice to Christian Bale Batman and stuff. Some more humor here. Man, this is great. Just like being in a buddy movie and Dwight... Shut up. <laughs> More cartooning with the eyes. That's very adventurous. Because, like, this stuff is so butch, you know? To do something like that. I think this is a pretty cool move. We're seeing views through the window, the mm -hmm. car window this time. I mean, the window, classic, going back all the way to Eisner in the 30s and 40s. How do you do it in the 90s? Much, much, you know, I, Eisner established this kind of construction in his, like, late period graphic novels, really. Uh-oh. There's a cop telling him to pull over. Yeah. Man, even on the reread, I'm like, what happens here? Right. 
How do you get out of this one? <laughs> this is funny. So like, smashes on the brakes, pushes Jackie closer so that the gun goes in deeper. Yeah, and he's kind of like now just humped, hunched forward. And look at that. I mean, that's brains coming out of the skull. That's yeah. meat. That's like that little fatty stuff. Like when you get a good cut, you get little beads of fat. Yeah, that's Abdullah the Butcher right there. <laughs> he's working that gun for this one. And I like our uh, our depiction of the police. That's a really good, ominous so, looking. It's so abstract. That yeah. could be a design out of a science fiction movie. Absolutely. THX 1138 type, type guys. But lets him off with a warning. Basically looks over, says, I'm the designated driver, and uh, he's all right with that. Yeah. Fix your tail light, which is one more of those things. Like, everything that can go wrong with this car is wrong with it. Yeah, it's it's all the stuff that um, the wolf in Pop, Pulp Fiction brings up. Like, I don't want to, you know, find out that there's not gas in the tank or that the tail light is busted. That's so funny because you're thinking that's a couple years before this. Everybody's read that, right? This is 96. Am I wrong in the year? Oh, you know what? This might be earlier, actually. This might... Yellow Bastard's 96, so this might be concurrent. 95. When, when is Pulp Fiction? It's 94. Okay. Um, but it is funny to think, like, this is sort of the opposite of the wolf. Like, the wolf's got his shit together. He says what you need and presumably gets it. Here, it's like Dwight says the same thing. He just doesn't get it. <laughs> right. Like, what happens if you give the guy completely the opposite after you shoot Melvin in the face? And then I love this kind of stuff. This even reminds me of Bill Watterson, where it's like, how do you just get cool stuff on the page that I can draw? Yeah, and the ink style's almost Watterson-ish, really. Yeah. But it's the tar pits, man. Here we are, and it's an excuse to get to draw some really cool, fun stuff. And... Our car has run out of gas. Right. So yeah, he's now push Dwight it the rest is pushing of the way. it over the finish line, or at least that's the plan until he shows up in somebody's crosshairs at the end of issue three. And like you said, dude, you could start with issue three. You got it all, man. Yeah. It starts out with a recap that lays out the stakes, and it ends with our hero being shot. Dave, Dave Boring style, man. Pretty good. Pretty good for a single issue. Right in the middle of the series, too. You're not jumping off a of big fat kill like I jumped off of Hell and Back. If you get to this point, I think you're sticking around. So you actually read a couple of Helen Backs and were like, ah, fuck this. Yeah. Um, Jack Kirby. It's been a year since he died, and this is a bunch of stuff about Jack Kirby. And, uh, you know, let's pressure Marvel Comics to treat his family right to give his artwork back. It's an Still ongoing story. On it in the mid-90s. Holy fuck. It is. And, you know, somebody writes in and they kind of like say, hey, you were working for Marvel during this time. Like, you're a hypocrite. And Bob Shrek comes up and goes, I'll answer this one, and goes through like a history of Miller at Marvel, you know, rabble rousing on behalf of Jack Kirby going back to when he was working for Marvel uh, full time. How fucking dope is this John Romita pinup, dude? It is sharp as a tack. Perfect inking. Dude, with a brush. Yeah. Feathering lines, man. It's, it's Burns-like, you know, like... It's it's just a fantastic thin, drawing. Thick, thin lines, you see them all over. The control of that line, so elegant, so tight. It, it looks like a perfect drawing. Yeah, it's impressive. People just don't have that mastery anymore, and maybe the materials don't even allow it. Can't sleep on this one, man. Can't sleep on this one. All of these guys, perfectly like sort of uplit, you know, like the best Daisy Dukes ever drawn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, great th pieces. These galleries were cool. Great pieces, man. All right, issue four. We're rounding the corner here, we're starting to bring it home. It's a five-issue series, so the last two issues are in front of you guys right now, and uh, Miho making the cover. Yeah. And you know, you look at her and you think of like Miller's history of like Electra and stuff. 
Uh, you think about his, his uh, real life history. I feel like he's manifested this character possibly in real life. <laughs> Dude, there's a commentary track. Like you could find it on YouTube with uh, Rodriguez, Tarantino, and, and Miller. Wow. And That's what I'm listening to this week. And they talk about like uh, Rodriguez is like, Frank Miller spent so much time with me, the Miho chick. Like he, he just like adored that girl. Couldn't believe like how how much she like you know encompassed his creation. She's such a cartoon character too, in a lot of ways. Like that's what Street Angel is, where it's like I figure out a character that's like she's dynamic. You can bounce her off walls. She can do fights. All this stuff. Like it's just fun to draw a character like that. Totally. Pretty easy to imagine how he gets into it. And oh, speaking of a dame to kill for, a little callback We're here. Going back, man, to Minute. He's back because you know what? There's problems in uh, Old Town. And there's room for the mob to move in. Yes, yes. So, so th- this is this is where we're at. This is this is where the plot points of the story, you know, all super clear. There is a severed. There is a head that is out there now. The uh, Jackie's head. You you get that piece. Uh, well, I guess the head will be cut off soon. Um, you take that back to the cops. Like the truce is ended. The mob's going to be able to. You know, pimps are going to be able to take over these chicks. But if the chicks get it back, all, all's well that ends well. Right. So as you said in the beginning, the stakes are very, very clear as to what's going on and who the various parties are. And it is post um, Dame to Kill For mm-hmm. because Miller was great at this kind of stuff where he never tells you the timeline, but it's little things. His eye has already been cut out uh, by Marv, I believe. I can't remember if it was Marv or not. Probably. Yeah. I know Marv he- and Manute seem like the ultimate, like, uh, that's that's the Deadwood moment of like the two big muscle dudes just right. clashing. Right. So we know just by this piece right here, we know that it is after um, a dame to kill for. And Manute was, you know, he it, it wasn't established that he was toast. Yeah. Pretty fun. Almost like a horror movie callback, right? Where, yeah. where our slasher is uh, back for the sequel. And the guy that, that plays him is uh, the Green Mile dude. Oh, that, yeah. That big guy, you know, like perfect. That is a good cast. It looks like it's so good. And smart to open up this chapter. We don't see Dwight. Last right. time we saw Dwight, he was in the middle of a crosshairs. And uh, we're going to replay back. it. Yeah, let's so take smart. It back to that moment, man. Use that page twice. Wally would be thrilled with this. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty fun, a sniper sitting on a dinosaur head. I love whenever you find a way to make the visuals interesting. Totally. Totally. That, which, which is a manga trope also. Like, that's the thing that I always take from manga is, like, you, they always figure out yes. the amazing visual way to present an idea you got these dinosaur props you got to use them every chance you get and by the way <laughs> little cadillacs and dinosaurs homage there yeah if i'm not mistaken in uh uh david mamet in his master class he calls it the, the special shoe uh syndrome where like he writes a script or whatever and then they go scout locations and then like at this location they notice that there's like the world's biggest ball of twine or something and the director like we need to get that into the movie but it makes him nuts there's the great miller or i mean uh the great stone cold um, whenever he does the commentary over the Mankind Rock match, oh, and right. he talks about coming down to the ring at some point, he's throwing his hat at McMahon. He's like, "I used the prop. If there was anything there." And then they montage the video cut where it's like him coming in on on uh, chairs, office chairs, like sliding down the aisles, riding four wheelers down, all this stuff. But it was like, it's the same concept. Like, what's around you? What can you use? It's a little bit different, or you haven't done before. I think it's a lesson that all of us can can uh, think about. Yeah and the mercenaries so these are basically mob mercenaries hired to uh help this along we're gonna we're gonna make a big move so let's bring in some heavy hitters and that's what we've got here can easily tell them apart from that top piece you got you got street angel uh, when she grows up (laughs) (laughs) 
You got a bearded guy. You got a uh, like a Bill Murray kind of pockmarked pity face dude. And then uh, the more regular fella. And Jackie Boy the cop had one last play in him. And that was slapping against my chest is the badge right over my heart. That's how you get away with the crosshairs. Right in the middle of Dwight. And yet, he's not dead. Right. Pretty good, you know? Like, it, it, it's a twist. Like, nothing's out of the ordinary there. You don't yeah. have to really go too far to be like, oh, what kind of bullshit allows Dwight to still be alive? Perfect. They really do this scene in the movie, too, dude. Or, like, gun under the arm turned away thing. Like, that, whoever that guy is that plays Dwight does that. Yeah, I don't know if that's a recommended one. Look at these head wounds, dude. Mm-hmm. This is some. Uh, I think there was one on. The... We got some Teflon one here. Yeah, we got some some uh, cop killer yeah, bullets. Not not messing around. Shooting through uh, Jackie's head, by the way, and we know because <laughs> there's the bullet coming through. Doesn't even break up, going in and out of the skull. Shocking. And I guess our uh, our assassin woman's topless. So... No, she's got the rock nip. <laughs> you know, braless, free the nipple type shits. Pretty good use of blood on a shoulder here to define a shoulder when otherwise it would have been against a black head. You got that 3D. Yeah. It's just, just real smart. Such a weird economy of like you're black and white and how do you make this stuff work? Uncle Jeff, man, swears by those Franklin Mint Cadillacs and, and put Frank Miller onto that, putting them to use right there. Nice use of, of playing with your static panels, the horizontals and verticals. You hey, we're going to blow something up. Even the caption follows that. I love that kind of stuff. Like integrate your lettering with it. Absolutely. And there they go, all the bits, man. We've, we've seen that fellow before. Same pose. The Jackie <laughs> hand. The trunk breaks open and <laughs> so do all the parts. And uh-oh. What's the uh, scariest thing from my childhood? Quicksand. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about quicksand. <laughs> what a threat that was when I was growing up. <laughs> was and it at least really in where you live or no? No, dude. I don't know where it is. I don't is know if there's... Is that fake shit? I don't know. I've never encountered anything close to it. I, I assume there's some root of truth there, but I don't know what it is. I've, I've seen video. Like, you can find stuff on YouTube. I And, like, if you get caught in it, there there's, like, you know, like, lifeguards have, like, apparatus to get you out and all this stuff. Even in a controlled environment... It was a bitch. Like, what they do is, like, they have to uh, put a hose against you, full, like, with water. Like, like it's tied up with water. They put a hose against you, just run it down, and they got to just, like, shoot so much water in to just, like, even make it... Lube you, lube you up, give you a little a little uh, blubber in there. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Just a, a little bit, a little gap to get you out, because, like, it's just sitting on top of you. It's heavy. And, and if you're in there for long, like, it constrains. Like, it, it's pushing against you, and it's, like squeezing like the oxygen out of your legs and stuff it's tourniquet it's like it's tourniqueting your it's a nightmare to think about yeah there's that one in the uh rolled up in a rug if your arms are in there that's another <laughs> one of those nightmare scenarios <laughs> for everybody playing along at home it's so good though man the black for the tar is also a really good visual and you keep pushing them under more and more and more and our bad guys did end up with the head that they were looking for yeah. so this is a lose 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 and that's kind of the end of another issue, you oh, know? That's so cool. Like, like we're, uh, are we stuck? Are we lost? No. At the last moment, yeah, somebody comes in. It's, it's good stuff for the black and white usage, though. I really think that you get to see him exercise again. What can you do with the black stretching and white? It, stretching it, for sure. And it's kind of cool when he comes out, and now, once again, that's almost like a Munoz or something yeah, drawing. Absolutely, yeah. 
I would be curious, and Miller may have talked about this in interviews, but I would love to hear him go through like some of the influences, some of the stuff he was looking at. Yeah. Because I know, you know, like some of those European guys are big influences on this, and it, totally. it'd be fun to, to kind of like compare some of that stuff. This is one of those knives that you could buy out of the back of Black Belt magazine. Yeah, you can imagine unrolling that that uh, <laughs> compass on the end and then there'd be like a hollow chamber in there. Yeah, man, that's where you keep your waterproof matches and yeah, fish wrapped hooks. up in plastic. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Had two of those, man. This is a, another good one for me. I let him know I'm not fooling around. We talk. What does that mean? There's no knife in him here. Right. I let him know what we're that we're not fooling around because that knife goes in first and then it's time to get some questions answered. <laughs> All right. Once again, running through here, creator's rights, some more of the Jack Kirby stuff. As I mentioned, we're going to see a big blow up of that at some point. But let's look at the galleries. What's fun? Sergio Topi. This is somebody that Walt Simonson talked to us about sure. a lot whenever we talked to him. I have a couple of his books. Um, some of the stuff's been translated to English, but this line style is what I associate with him. So amazing to see him contributing yeah but that pupil placement there's something about that like i i think it's on purpose because you you think of like those like um tapestries like japanese ink tapestries and like the the guys on those things would be like kind of cross-eyed like that and stuff but that just looks kind of goofy looks like she's on the dust and mike allred doing a kind of a strange mike allred 94 so early mike allred a little bit of a kind of a different take here very much like a movie poster yeah totally that's the vibe he's going for and playing with coquille the uh coquille board is definitely a new kind of wrinkle i think we might have seen a couple of pieces like that in his days of yore but he's so associated with like flat color at this point but that is not what sin city is no and it's kind of cool the shadow is is almost like your frank miller yeah. version of marv that's a nice touch you think that kevin looks at all like jeff darrow there mm. Maybe a young Jeff Darrow. I don't know. I don't know what young Jeff Darrow looked like exactly. So maybe he uh, might not dude. have known that was the uh, reference point. So in between, you know, issue four and five, uh, Frank, Frank Miller watched that, you know, that '60s movie that's like you know 300 or whatever, and we're we're getting into it. Here we go. Yeah, he even switches up our title lettering. Yeah, we're going uh, Greek. Here. Even in the in the chapter for the uh, collection, it's we're, a switch. We're going Greek. Electra lives again. Font. Interesting. That's a pretty bold choice for a chapter five to switch that up in both versions. But here we go. 300 laid out right on, on page one, man. That's your story. In one page, man. So, so like we saw that image of that girl with the car establishing a tight corridor. Uh, giant army is coming with way more resources than you have. And you are a plucky band of, you know, 300 people. A small yeah. number of people. And Miller was really good, I think, at captioning and getting really good like where he would kind of go with his words so this ends with the hope of civilization is kept alive by spartan courage and a careful choice of where to fight yeah and that's what we're going to see in this yeah so that's another one of those funny things where as a kid i read that and i'm like why is this even in here yeah why, what is that for like you ain't even like it was completely lost on me and you know by the way like go read our 300 or go watch our 300 video if that's something that you haven't seen already um, because it is neat how that, I think that comes before Helen back. It comes before Helen back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like it kind of almost grows. It's almost an extension of Sin City in a lot of ways. It, it, I, it might come after. Well, no, because we, I'm trying to think of our wizard coverage. Did did we show, do 300? Like it was 300 and because we're on Yellow Bastard era. Wizard. Yeah, I don't think it's been in wizard. Okay. That, so that should so be a big deal, I assume. It's after uh, uh, Yellow Bastard then. All right, here's Jackie's head. Um, 
you can see the the chaos that's happening you know like you're trying to stop this stuff from happening and how about that for a head being cut off commando style <laughs> that is full freaking haratetsuo fist of the north star type shit dude like that that comes from manga man like Rikio comics directional device like a stuff's coming out but also this grenade is flying and that arrow's going right to it, it could be a motion line it's it's uh, interesting that he adds no three-dimensionality to it also it's just like the same as the gutter kind of you know like because you would put like a bolt here a bolt there a bolt there a bolt there but like he just doesn't do that no it, it really does look like a directional like a like a motion lines right like a meta element you know like some of this lettering kind of has that quality it's real funny in the movie what they have to do to that poor girl to get this this scene done it looks like they really yank her hard on a fucking cord yeah, it sells pretty well here. I can imagine that translating, like if you were using this as a storyboard, that that motion going from one way just blown off. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's cheesy in the movie, uh, but but uh, I think I think they had to put that girl through some stuff, like a little whiplashy type shit. And this is just full on. We're just fighting now, yeah. going into the sewers. <laughs> yeah, you know, M Miller bought that for himself because it is. Like I said, I think the plot is the plot is like the best Sin City plot because of those stakes that were established. So he bought himself the opportunity to just have a balls to the walls fight. Cause we, we know the importance of it. So let's sell it, man. Let's do some shit. Let's get our fingernails dirty. Another bomb explosion. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta establish this, this bomb guy for, for the climax. Good uh, water once again. Yeah. There's a good uh, head in the toilet to begin with. And I like these white limbs floating underneath the it's water. Very smart very smart sells it well <laughs> catches the shatter star sword through the face mm. actually actually i think that's just the middle of the blade like that one part that gets sharpened or whatever she twists the blade he feels it <laughs> <laughs> you know it's so abstract and, and comic booky there we go man here we like, uh, is this a fresh page? Is this a new page? No, I got it. Yeah, yeah, like, kind of, like, showing you the the little corridors that the end fight will probably... Yeah, and so this is basically, we're back to Old Town, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the mob has descended on Old Town. All they need now is the proof of that dead cop, really, to uh, allow them to operate the way they want. And Gal being uh, kind of in the middle of it, maybe the first possible casualty. How about this guy for like your super creepy torturer? Totally. Just like straight out of the roadhouse. And then you got your girl. <clears throat> super memory. We know who she is, man. And, you know, sold, sold them out. The character design, I think, is noteworthy because it's not necessarily a face or a costume, but they're very the body distinct. Type. The several, you know, hair, whatever it is, it's yeah. a combination, but it feels like it works in this reduced way whenever you're seeing silhouettes or shapes of them you know like that character design extends the whole way around like it's good character design for that reason fill it in a black marker and it still reads here's the other here's the other thing man that, that like just makes it good like like this girl made a choice yes yes money's of all she's she's getting paid that that is a net result of giving up the ghost and selling your people out but you know the aaron sorkin stuff about like you got to identify with your villains first off this girl's super young and she remembers the days of old which suggests that she was like Jodie Foster taxi driver H Hooker to begin and she desperately does not want 
it to go back to those old ways. So for self-preservation, you know, like you could easily understand the motivation of why she would do what she did. And it wasn't really just for money motivation, which is like another kind of feather in the cap. Like if you can, if you can make a compelling crime story that isn't greed, revenge, or uh, jealousy, like you're, you're a leg up above so much other crime shit. How bizarre is this for a panel? with two faces that are essentially the same size. So it's almost like three eyes, very weird. It's like a 2000, uh, a, a, a 2000 AD British British villain. It's it's where the stuff breaks, you know, like Frank Miller, his his style breaks a little bit. And often what he'll do is just that rapidograph line, which he probably should have done right there. Yeah, I love it. It is weird, you know, like it's such a weird drawing, but I do love it. These two panel pages too, we could almost do a video on two panel pages that Miller does because yeah. you don't see it very often and it's pretty strong. I'll set up here to get to this final point and that final point is here comes the Calvary. <laughs> and this is all in the movie where the guy gets the thing through the chest. It's almost like a David Cross type fella. The the uh, arrow hole in the window, really nice on black on white art. Easily. It's like when you get the little bit of bricks on a white, like it, we, it's clearly glass now. It could have been open window, but no, it's clearly glass. <laughs> and there's a note on the arrow. <laughs> and, and he's still talking so much. Yes. That's one of those whimsical Frank Miller isms. I think so. That, that like, even in Ronin, that kind of shit exists. Right. Those are so mean. You know, when they talk about, like, don't pull out the blade because it cuts twice. Like, does this cut you 14 times uh, when it goes in and out? Like, it's barbed. I wonder about some of Miller's choices to go from like heavy blacks to like white pages. Yeah. I don't I, I don't know the narrative reasoning for that, but I wonder if there is one. And here we go, man, in triplicate, like we got we established this composition again. We show our narrow passage, just like the three hundred. We got our guys coming through. You don't see, you only see dead bodies around, but we've established it. Yeah, they've gotten the high ground by those dead bodies. And here we go. Dwight's got the prize they're all looking for. Let those girls go. Gal's willing to die. Don't do it, Dwight. Tosses them the head, but the, the little narc girl... See, this is where she becomes way less sympathetic. Because, like... Because, like, she further narcs. Like, she did her job, you know? But, like, she's like, oh, it's got tape on its mouth. It's not right. It's not right. Well, she switched sides, right? So in a weird way, like, this is her being her. She's narking again. She found something else on here, singing like a canary. Sure, sure. But I just meant the sympathy of it. Because, like, oh, what, yeah. I, what I said earlier is, like, she did. She could have done just enough to, like, have the thing happen. But, like, you know, she's continuing with it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually stole that for the strip I'm working on today. That's funny. Has every cartoonist drawn eyeballs flying out? Got to. I have so many panels of eyeballs flying out of heads. <laughs> This is almost the uh, point of view from in a in a grave, you know. Yeah, dude. Up. That's that's well said. Where to fight accounts for a lot. And now the uh, high road, and you just see them unloading their guns. This is a great one for the white being like the muzzle burst. Totally. Of like, there's your light source, and it's all accurately lit, you know, like from from the bottom. So so like it just is striking image of all these girls. You got good depth with the. I do think you could have made this foreground girl all silhouette. 
where, you know, like the white would have just been on the other side of her. It would have been in that middle containment because you have the edge. You know, you can see that she's on this side of it. Yeah, but you want the A. I guess so. You want the A in the mixture. Bussing them out, dude. And even a little girl got to get some. There are times he, when, when uh, Miller, like, just adds lines and stuff where, like, she's now 60 years old. You know, she's, like, no longer a little kid. He's, like, super grandma. spread after spread of carnage just smoke now at this point we've shot so many rounds we're reloading and doing it again it even says it we fire and reload and fire and reload <laughs> the end dedicated to johnny craig this trade paperback Jimmy. oh nice johnny craig's a revelation for me whenever i first started seeing his reprints you know getting some of those and identifying him and it might have come out of this you know the sin city stuff and the interest in crime like that was the first ec library set i bought was the crime suspense story i remember that actually predominantly johnny you know it was for johnny craig yeah I, I totally remember when you got that in our gallery sergio aragonis going blue how about See that little nipple man good guns and walt simonson speak of the devil see some of that line work that uh that toby line referencing that's kind of a fun piece. Body on the on the slab in the slab, morgue. baby. Good stuff. Yeah, quite a series. We have the one shots to do, and we have uh, that yellow bastard and uh, Helen back. Yeah. So reference for everybody: if we didn't name it to do, we've done it. So things like uh, Family Values graphic novel is something we've covered. The original Sin City, the artist editions of the Sin City. So. Go track down more Sin City coverage. Yeah, fun stuff, man. Very formative comics. It, ch it changed the game. It brought crime comics uh, as a viable genre back to uh, to mainstream comics. And, you know, Ed Brubaker and Dave Lapham and lots of people. Greg Rucka. It probably brought a, a, a new bunch of eyeballs to black and white comics, too. That was something I used to hear a lot at the time is like, can't sell black and white comics. People were buying and selling the uh, Frank Miller Sin City stuff. So at least a few people were looking at black and white comics then. So accurate. So accurate. Uh, Kayfabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so that we can notify you when new vids are available. Subscribe to the Patreon. You get all these videos uh, before anybody else. Uh, Jimmy and I are going to be at Heroes Con next weekend. Uh, come by, see us in Charlotte, North Carolina. And a a Cartoonist Kayfabe Comic Book Christmas in July is our initiative to... Uh, Disseminate comics uh, across our town, man. Uh, we're taking our comp copies uh, from our publishers. We're taking our doubles that you have sent us or that we have just accumulated over the past year. And we're dumping those things across those free little lending libraries uh, across our neighborhood and, and city in an effort to just uh, put comics in front of people's faces. Action items to try to create new comic readership and hope you participate in it and uh, tag us in uh, any images of cool lending libraries you put your comics into. But uh, vids are brought to you by the books that we make. So, Jimmy, let the people know. My next book, Street Angel, Princess of Poverty, will be out later this year from Image Comics. It collects all of the Street Angel comics that are not in Street Angel, Deadly Squirrel Live, also available from Image Comics. This book was out of print for a while. Image has brought it back. So if you missed Deadly Squirrel Live the first time, pick it up now. Hulk Grand Design, another one of my books that came out earlier this year. Fluorescent green cover, oversized. 
You can't miss it if your comic store has it in stock. Pick that up while supplies last. And the first young adult graphic novel, The Plain Janes, still available in print. You can also join me on patreon.com slash jimrug, where you can see my latest and greatest comics. Jimmy, can you reach below, man, uh, and, and show the people the 14 karat goodness of uh, what the Hip Hop Family Tree omnibus is going to look like? Of course, this is going to be case wrapped onto a nice, uh, solid, hard cover. But the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus, look at that, man. We're going for length and girth these days, <laughs> man. And that's a thick-ass book because it's over 500 pages with 140 pages of, of new material uh, in there that was not uh, ever collected in those first four volumes. I'm drawing a bunch of new stuff in there. It's going to be out in time for the holidays. And I got word that lots of you pre-ordered this, but I encourage you to pre-order gifts for uh, for people this Christmas, man. Keep, keep that train rolling. I'm uh, so in love with that gold foil. I know, man. So fun, dude. Thank you so much for your pre-orders and all that stuff. But uh, that's not the only collection coming out this year. I have uh, X-Men Grand Design Trilogy Trade Paperback Collection coming to you from Marvel. It's all the uh, X-Men Grand Design comics that I drew in like a 250, 260-page trade paperback. Uh, coming back to press, like uh, a couple of these volumes you, you're not going to find out in the wild. And uh, the comic of the day, man, is uh, Red Room Crypto Killers. It's going to be four-issue miniseries. No trade paperback coming out this year because of my other big projects. So uh, scoop these issue, issues up and give the comic a read. Cover to issue one that is out now. Cover to issue two that is forthcoming. And uh, issue three is going to be a hot key. So make sure you scoop that one up. Jimmy, what else do we have going on? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, stickers, and more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video. All great ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Give them those marching orders and we'll be on our way. Read more comics.